Welcome to the Metro Church Podcast. We hope you will be blessed by this message. For more information about Metro Church, visit our website at metrochurch.org.au. But how about we have a big hand? Here he is, the Reverend Marcus Ardern. Let's give him all a big hand, can we? Thank you, sir. You can be seated. Thank you so much. Marcus, great to have you back here with us in the Perth, the great place of Perth that you love so much. Thank you. I do. Yeah, I know you do. You thought of moving here at one stage, didn't you? I did. Yeah. And you weren't so sure whether you could take so much more of me. Rhonda, you can for sure. But. <laughs> Marcus, I don't, do you know how long ago it is that I met you first? It was in Christchurch at the Jesus Centre. So that's a long time. I think it was 1981. Wow, okay, so that's 41 years, hey? Yes. Now, you were born into a Jewish family, not a religious Jewish family, but you were still raised there, and then as a young man, you gave your life to Christ, and that pretty well turned your life around. I remember you telling me, let's make sure it's true. Um, was it, didn't you stand up in a park one day and yell out to everyone to please move three paces or something or other? Yes, in those days I was an atheist and I was very involved in student protests and things like that. And just to see if people were as easily led as I thought, there was a big crowd of people. We used to have what were called jumping Sundays and lots of people would gather, like hundreds and hundreds in the park, and mostly students. And... I got on a megaphone and said, everybody, please shift to the left-hand side of the park. And over they all went. No, nobody asked why. And I was amazed. So I said, there's been a mistake. You really should be back the other side. And back they all went. Yes. I'm so glad you became a Christian <laughs> and used your powers for good and for evil. Um, I, the first time I met you was at the Jesus Centre. So you've given your life to Christ. How did the Jesus Centre... Well, what was the Jesus Centre? It was really what used to be called a storefront mission. It was a free coffee shop where people could come in and we had lunchtime Bible studies, normally half an hour of a psalm, and people would bring their sandwiches and so on from work and... Uh, eat them and have their free coffee and then we would look at a psalm for half an hour and then they'd go back to work. And we did it 12 to 1 and 1 to 2 and also Monday nights. And hundreds of people came through, got saved, got baptised in the Spirit, prayed for each other, had answers to prayer. And it was very inter-church, so we had both Catholic and Protestant and Baptist and Brethren and Pentecostals and anti-Pentecostals and... <laughs> One of the wonderful things about any interchurch things is you see that there's one big family of yeah. God and we really are brothers and sisters and it's good to be faithful to a local church but it's also good to see that there are more of us than we think. Yeah. You know. So you started this. I remember the first time I went, it was packed mm -hmm. uh, there but it was completely by faith and we'll have to explain what that means. But it That's wasn't right. funded by a church or by no. government funding. No, no. Or this true. was an initiative of Marcus Ardern feeling that God wanted you to do this. And so you leased this place? Yes. 
every believer can learn how to receive from God, and God is willing to give, and we can learn how to receive. You know, and Jesus said to his disciples, "Freely you have received, freely give." And that's what I believe in. I believe God is a generous God who loves to bless. And somebody has said uh, the best feeling in the whole world is when God used you to bless somebody else. And I believe in that. And the Jesus Center, we were learning that. Well, speaking of that, I remember walking, you, you, Rhonda and I were there, and you invited us upstairs. I think you lived upstairs, did you? I did. And you invited us, so we go up this staircase, and as we turned onto the, uh, the entry kind of an area, there was a chest of drawers. And you said to me, this is my seed for sowing drawer. That's right. And I looked at you, I'd never heard of such a thing. I said, what's that? Please explain. Uh, the reference comes from Second Corinthians uh, chapter 9. And it's where the Apostle Paul is speaking to people. And there are two huge statements in there. The first one is uh, that God will multiply your seed for sowing and your bread for eating. And the second statement in verse uh, 8, it says, God is able to make grace abound toward you that you're always having all sufficiency in all things may always abound to every good work. So the first part says that God gives for two reasons. One is for you, bread for eating, and the other one is for other people, seed for sowing. So everything you receive is either something God gave to nurture you and strengthen you and bless you to show you his love, or it's something that you hand on to somebody else and it was never yours. Uh, I'll give an example uh, a friend of mine, an Indian chap down south, uh, put 2000 in my account. And when he put it in my account, the Lord spoke to my heart and said, that is seed for sowing. You are not allowed to touch it or you're a thief. It's not yours. And later I got a call from a, a Christian man who was stranded in um, Mackay. And he said, my, he said, I'm bankrupt it's Christmas, my car is broken down, I can't afford the mechanic, and I need you to pray. And I was able to do better than pray. I could say, the Lord has already got 2000 aside for you in the account, and a stranger has provided it for you. It didn't come out of my money, it came out of that Indian chap's money. I, I rang my Indian friend and said, look, this is what your money has done. It's relieved a burden. This man can get his car repaired and get home now with his family and children. And he said, I've learned my money goes further when I share it. And I and love that. That's a typical thing of bread for eating and seed for sowing. I, I remember in India, a whole lot of grain got sent over that had insecticide on it, and people mistook it for bread for eating, so they made bread of it and died. You need to know what's bread for eating and seed for sowing. Bread for eating means you enjoy it and you're allowed it and the Lord loves to see you enjoy whatever it is, your new dress, your new coiffure, your new car, your new home. Uh, I believe that it's not selfish to set up a beautiful home where you can receive people or to 
fill your pantry with good things so that you can share them. It's not selfish. It's equipment. And it's a good thing. Bread for eating is to learn to bless yourself and receive from the Lord for yourself takes just as much faith as to part with something and give it away. You need to do both. But seed for sowing means you can be the answer to somebody's prayer. Mm -hmm. Uh, Don't just say, God bless you, pay their bills. You know, another example of it, I'll keep it brief, this happened down in uh, Melbourne. Friends of mine who had a, a home, they were elderly. It was heavily mortgaged. Christians got together secretly and took up a collection and paid the house off freehold. Wow. And that seed for sowing. And as a result of that, the burden was lifted. They now lived in a home they owned that they could mortgage again if they wanted to. Uh, it's just wonderful when somebody does such a thing. Maybe we'll put the scripture up there just so everyone can Good. catch that reference. If you would, please, Second Corinthians chapter 9, verse 10. But um, <clears throat> I remember this drawer, seed for sowing drawer, because you opened it up and you said to me, is there anything in there you like? That's right. And uh, I don't remember taking anything or what was even in the drawer, but it, I've never forgotten that scripture. I didn't even know it until that moment. Mm-hmm. And it certainly guided my life. It's changing Yeah. That sometimes God will put things to you that you're meant to give on. They're not meant to stop. They're meant to continue the journey. Yeah. It's what to do with Christmas gifts your aunt gives you. That <laughs> <laughs> put them in the seat. I don't, think, I don't think that's in quite the same category. <laughs> Speaking of, though, living by faith, because I don't think everyone's called to do things the way you've done them. That's right. You've been now in full-time ministry for how long? I don't know if you've counted, but it's a long time, huh? Yes, since 1973. 1973, so that's 49 years. Mm. All right. So for 49 years, you've never been on the staff of a church. You haven't been paid a salary ever. You haven't sent out publicity brochures for Marcus Ardern Ministries. Uh, You've simply said, God, I'm going to trust you. Now, I don't think everyone, I've got friends of mine that have, they're on staff or they're supported out of a network of people. All those things are great, I think. But living by faith, I don't think, ought to be, this is what Marcus does. I think all of us ought to live by faith because three times in the New Testament, Romans 1.17, the just shall live by faith. That's right. So living by faith may look differently for every one of us, but it's something for every one of us. Do you agree? Yes, I find a, a shortcut into understanding what it means to live by faith is to know what they mean in Greek and Hebrew. Hebrew, it's pistis, which means you're putting your faith in a reliable testimony and a reliable character witness. So God's character is perfect, as for God, his way is perfect, and he never lies. So when you put your faith in, living by faith would mean I've, my heavenly father always tells me the truth, and if he promises something, uh, he doesn't promise and then change his mind because it is his will. So God's promises are his will. The Old Testament word for living by faith in Habakkuk, or Habakkuk, uh, where it says, my just one shall live by faith, is emunor, which means faithfulness. 
So it really means cultivate faithfulness or reliability or stability in your trust with God. Living And, and interestingly enough, the context where that injunction happens is while you're suffering persecution or in the middle of a battle, you show faithfulness to God. So it would be during the hard times when God seems to have delayed or where the way seems impossible or where opposition is so great you cannot see how God could possibly do what he promised. And during those times, stay your course, refuse to budge, get stubborn, dig in, don't change. That's what living by faith is. How have you built that? Because I know you and I have been friends for Mm. a long time. And I've known you when you had no money in the bank. That's right. Or when you go, I'm not sure. And you've never, you don't do the ministry of hints. Um, You know, kind of like, Jeff, I'm just asking you to pray about this and here's my bank details. Mm. Uh, That you haven't never done that and I honour you for that. Thank you. You've never given me ever any sense of pressure that, you know, something ought to go your way. Uh, but I also know there's been those times because lest anybody think that, you know, if I sign up to Jesus, look out, here comes the magic carpet ride. It's all going to be easy peasy from here on out. But there's been those difficult times where you've had to <coughs> dig in. How have you done that? Because I'm sure you've, like everything else, you, you build strength. You don't. Strength's not a gift, it's something you develop. How have you done that, built that over those years? Even if there was no God and no gospel, one day you eat the goose, next day the feathers. You know, some days you have plenty and other days you have nothing. And all the old cultures like Italian culture, Jewish culture, Chinese culture, people know what true poverty is and they know what it is to help one another. So generosity is part of those cultures. The poorer they are, the more they understand generosity. But there is a God who actually does supply us. I know that it's wrong to expect that you'll always have abundance because life isn't like that. Even without God, it isn't like that. There are unexpected things. The weather can turn suddenly bad or suddenly good. And when God provides... and I was trying to teach a friend this. I paid for his round-the-world ticket in advance and gave it to him as a gift. And I said to him, and I prayed in the money. I never had the money. I prayed in the money. But the Lord said, this is my project for you. I want you to give to him. So I did. And I said to him, you need to know that life can turn to horrible things suddenly without warning or you can be blessed in outlandish ways. And it stops you getting paranoid and defeated because you don't know all the factors in your life. So when you're depressed going, there's no hope, it's arrogant really because some wonderful things might be on their way you just don't see it. And uh, sometime after that, one of his close friends was burned to death and horrible things happened. And so he had a taste of both things. He had a total stranger giving him a round-the-world ticket, and he also had a friend that died suddenly. Life's like that. Mm. And I said to him, you've met a man who knows how to receive from God. Mm. And that's my God. I don't know what he will give or when he will give it. Ephesians 3 says, God gives exceedingly far above all you imagine, ask, hope, or think. 
And when God gives, it can be an utter surprise because we think that we just get what we pray for, but actually God is able to outdo your highest hope. And when he, whatever God gives you will satisfy you more than what was on your to-do list. Mm. Your bucket list, even if you got it all, wouldn't make you happy. Mm. But whatever God gives you, he loves to surprise you. He loves to be generous. And in the same way when you buy something fantastic for your child and you see their joy when they open it, our Heavenly Father's like that. He loves to bless you. But there's a great adventure, isn't there, too, in all of that, you know, Philippians chapter 4, uh, verse 12 and 13, Paul says, I know how to live on almost nothing. And he said, I almost, and I know how to live with everything. Yes. And then he finishes off, this is, we love to quote the last part, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. But he's talking about the adventure of sometimes being the goose or having the goose, sometimes having the feathers. And I don't say that as a cop out or as a negative. I actually think it's real. Yeah, but it's, it's one of the brilliant things is to be in a difficult spot and see God come through, isn't it? And to wage the battle in your thoughts of, oh, what if and how come and I'm, you know, this, you know, have all those things coming against you and then to press into God. I read yesterday in Colossians, devote yourself to prayer. Amen. With thankfulness. Yes. So not a begging kind of a prayer, but with thankfulness. And I think, you know, God gives us the privilege of pressing into him. You know, it's not a, you know, Jesus said, don't cast your pearls before swine. So I'm pretty sure God's not going to do the same. There's blessing there, there's favour there, but we need to press in for that. And there's going to be some tougher times. Uh, and thank God that we can trust him in the middle of all of them, eh? Yes, I've been through tough times. And uh, in one year, 12 of my friends died and somebody said to me, if I get sick, don't pray for me. Uh, and uh, one of the saints, St. Teresa of Avila, said to the Lord, if this is how you treat your friends, I know why you have so many enemies. And there have been times when I've threatened mutiny against God when he seems to have come through too slow or too little. But the good thing is God's got such a big, generous heart, this doesn't phase him. When you throw a tantrum, he just treats you like a little child that needs a sleep and a feed. You know? can, can I say that that's probably the biggest thing I've ever learned from you and out of our friendship is that you are so relaxed about your humanity. You don't go, oh, no, I'm not perfect. God's probably going to you know, get rid of me or whatever. You're pretty relaxed about God knows who I am. Absolutely. And, and the Bible specifically says that. It says, it says Jesus is like a high priest who knows the feelings of our infirmities. He's well acquainted with what it is mm. to be a suffering human who only sees in part or knows in part. Mm. And it's just who we are. What we see is from where we stand. And later on, if we breathe a little bit longer, we know a bit more. And God is kind. You know, life is not an exam, so you can't fail. Wow. And and also that Second uh, Corinthians passage, chapter 9, it says, God is able to make grace, which is undeserved favour, abound toward you. Mm. God can get past your rebellion, your confusion, your statements. Wow. He can get past everything and still make grace delivered to your address safely. 
just this last week, I had difficulty uh, sending a lamp to Bowen, a, a, you know, a glass lamp, and there was a hindrance in it. And when it finally arrived and the person sent me a photo of the lamp now burning in her bedroom, there was such a satisfaction that it had got through to her address and was now being enjoyed. Now that passage in Second Corinthians 9 is saying that God is able to get you the bread or the money or the person or the event where you are, how you are, even while you're imperfect. He's able to make grace not trickle towards you, abound towards you. And then it says why? So that you can do good deeds because you're well supplied. Speaking of being well supplied, for many years I've heard you say to me, because you love the finer things of life, you grew up in a beautiful home and, yeah, uh, and uh, you know, Jacinta Ardern, I believe, is a relative, isn't she? 150 years ago, <laughs> yes. <laughs> we won't go into that. Uh, but uh, <clears throat> but you've often said to me, one day I'm going to own a beautiful home or I'm going to have a beautiful home where guests will be able to come. And, and, and I've known you a long time. <clears throat> you've always rented apartments or that's places right. like that and, and you've always made them beautiful because that's just who you are. But, you know, the older you've gotten, the, if I can say this nicely, the further away the possibility of that that's right. naturally looks. That's right. It's a bit like going, Marcus, no bank's going to loan you the money. That's right. How on earth can this ever come to pass? That's right. And I was too old for a mortgage. Yeah. Yes. And yet, though I think it was last November, uh, you phoned me or I phoned you one day and you, you said to me, a business person has offered to buy me a house. And you sent me some pictures of the house. It was in Cairns where you've been living. And you said, look, but it's probably not the kind of house I would have chosen. That's and you right. said to me, well, what do you think I should do? I said to you, Marcus, God doesn't give you a gift you don't want. Mm. You want to have somewhere that you're happy to be, go back to that person and tell them your honest heart, which you courageously did. And then the journey began to unpack from there to now earlier this year, and we've got a bit of a video, this person, without any pressure or any promises, has said, I'm going to buy a house for you to live in for the rest of your days. And however long that is, it happens to be in Christchurch, happens to be where you come from originally, That's right. and you've got family there. And I thought, because you're talking about abundance, but I'm also talking about a long journey yes. of your faithfulness. This isn't last week you decided to become a generous person and this is what's happened. It's been a journey over a long period of time of trusting God. But how about we just have a look at the video? I thought you might like to have a bit of a uh, peek at this house. Just as you look at it, I had asked the Lord for a place where I could entertain people, receive guests and feed them. So when you see it, you'll see it's ideal for receiving people and feeding them and entertaining them and Jesus said when you do provide a feast don't just do it for your peers but do it for people that can never repay and so the house is not just a gift to me it's provision for a future ministry of receiving and blessing people that need a rest 
Anybody want to come and visit? I've already asked if the car goes with it. It's called La Maison Tranquille, the house of calm or the serene house. And about half the furniture is still in it and, and my own furniture, which I've had for 25 years. And it comes with two gardeners that have just planted 1,200 jonquils and daffodils in the woods below the house. <laughs> so in spring I'll be able to say to visitors, get a bucket and cut yourself some daffodils and they'll be able to go and do it. Wow. People ask me sometimes, Jeff, do you believe in the prosperity gospel? And I go, well, I don't know what that means to you. If you're asking me, do I believe in the blessing of the Lord? I go, of course I do, because Amen. the Bible says so. The Bible talks about it, so I believe in that. Do I believe in, a, in God like my valet or Santa Claus? I go, no, I don't believe in that. I believe in a life of faithfulness and a life of serving God and whatever blessing he brings my way, I'll be grateful for it, whether they're large or whether they're small, as I know is the life you've lived and the life of trusting God. And uh, um, I just think for you at this stage of your life to have something where the pressure to uh, have to, you know, come up with the rent or whatever else, for that to be gone so you can focus... Your, all your energies into the legacy you want to leave, I think is a brilliant thing. So do I. You're writing a book at the moment, getting towards the finish line, and next Sunday morning you're going to speak on the topic of that book, which is hospitality. And I think everybody come tune in for that because I think hospitality is one of the most underrated uh, things in the church oftentimes. One of the reasons we started Metro Life was because we felt that there needed to be a space that wasn't always about the content or about preaching or about a Bible study, that there needed to be something where we go, let's just be Christians or our friends who might yet be Christians. Let's be that in the one place and let's enjoy. You're going to spend heaven. Heaven's a long time. Mm. So it's a good idea to start liking some people. Amen. So congratulations on that. Thank you. Yeah, but I also know when I asked you a couple of months ago, I said, are you excited about it? And you went, well, I'm not as excited as everybody thinks I ought to be. Mm. Why did you say that? What does that mean? I get excited about people, not things, because the rug can be ripped from under you without warning. And I, uh, I only believe in two things. I believe in loving God and loving your neighbour. I don't trust anything else anywhere. It's all temporary. Right. Whereas relationship's eternal. Mm -hmm. We're going to be in heaven forever and with a heavenly Father forever, Father, Son and Holy Ghost. And I, that's what I believe in. So I, I don't let myself... I, I was excited to come to Perth because of relationships. And that's what excites me is people, not stuff. 
Because mm. stuff's... Especially Australia people know from bushfires and floods, everything you accumulated over your life can disappear in a night. But what matters is pulling together and helping each other and serving each other. And that's I know that that's, you know, some people get a great blessing or a level of success. And it's amazing how easily that can turn into me. And either I deserve it, I've earned it, or hey, this is all for my joy. But you also told me, and I know you well enough to know you weren't trying to impress me, we're a bit beyond that. But you said to me, I'm not going to. Take, I'm not going to live in the master bedroom. That's right. You said, I'm going to live in one of the secondary ones because that's for God's guests. Is that what you said? Yeah. The Lord loves you to honour his guests and treat them better than they expected. The essence of hospitality is to make people feel that it's a privilege to have them there and they're not a trial and they're not on a time clock and that you delight to bless them and that you wish you could have given them more. And I'd rather have $10 from somebody who wants to give me a million than a million from somebody who's bad-tempered about it and thinks it elevates them. You know, it, it's not the size of the gift, it's the willingness to be a blessing. Yeah. That's the issue, really. And I... Wow. Yeah, I, I don't well, know. Well, Proverbs 22.9 says, whoever has a generous eye will be blessed. And certainly that's been the testimony... I love the fact, Marcus, that you've had many, many years, 40, whatever it was we said, 41 years of following Christ, 41 years of holding on to the promises of God, 41 years of proving God's goodness and kindness mm-hmm. in the ups and in the downs as well. Yeah. So thank you for that. Thank but you. also know that there will be people who are part of this service who listen to all this, and it's not about a house. And it's not about something you get, but it's about the core part of us that goes, I want to walk with God. See, I think everybody does. I really do. I think everybody on the planet has got a God-shaped hole. And when we come to Christ, that starts, our journey starts, but there's much more than the start. Amen. And so it's that I want to, I can hardly wait to get old. Uh, I want to get old, like I'm talking about over 100 old, uh, but I want to get old so that my testimony, my story of what God has done will be greater and greater mm-hmm. uh, than where it is now. And I'd love you to pray for people that are a part of the service, whether they're online or in the building, uh, that just say, Marcus, help me, encourage me, pray for me that I'll keep going on the journey, whether they're in one of the high points or whether they're in one of the low points. I'd be glad to do that. I believe our security is in God's welcome to us and his willingness to forgive us. And when the world's falling apart in chaos, there's something eternal and reliable in your walk with God. And so that's the way I'll pray. And to people who may be listening who don't know God, uh, I would say, come home. Come back to God. Return to God. That's where all your security is. Uh, the most miserable people in the world are the over-entitled people. Even when they get everything they long for, it's still hollow. But if you know God, you get satisfied even with a little. Wow. So, yes, good. I'll pray. Great. 
Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are all our desire, you are our life, you are our salvation, and we have a Heavenly Father who loves us and who cares about our days, and you've made provision and you've, you give so that we're able to give, and you teach us how to receive. Father, I pray for every man, every woman uh, that is listening that as they reach for you, they will hear you being a prayer-answering God. You are a God who listens to prayer and who answers. And Lord, when we receive your answers, we'll give you the glory and we'll acknowledge where everything came from. In Jesus' name. Father, I pray for those that have trouble forgiving themselves. Help them see that you gave us the greatest gift of all when you gave us your son, Jesus to die for our sins on the cross and wash our sins away forever and ever. And you gave us the free gift of eternal life and you give us continuing relationship with you and you give us Christian friends and fellow believers and you give us what we need for our journey and then you give us heaven as well. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. Wow. Let's just appreciate Marcus, shall we, just say thank you. You know, I love the fact that every relationship begins with an introduction. There was a time when I met you um, and we said hello. None of us knew how strong that relationship would be or how long it would go and how much you would enrich my life and hopefully I've enriched yours somewhat. Absolutely. But, but uh, I just think the moment of introduction is the doorway to all the potential that lies on the other side of that. Amen. And that's probably why every single service ever in the life of this church, apart from one service ever, I've always taken the moment to be able to say to somebody, to anybody, if you need to say yes to Christ, do it today. We want to help you to do that. We have here what we call Yes Text. And you'll see the number up on the screen, no matter where you are, either 0488 826 392. If you're in Australia, just text YES to that number. If you're outside of Australia or email's better for you, you go to yes.metrochurch.org.au. Of course, if you're with us on the metrochurch.online platform, the yes button's there. And this is what'll happen. The young man that you saw in the tank there before, Sebastiano, he and his wife, after you text yes, no one's going to pester you about anything. But after you text yes, we won't write and ask you for all your details. We'll simply start sending you, if it's on one screen of the smartphone, we'll start sending you a Bible verse each day. We'll start sending you a prayer each day. And it all just fits on one screen of the smartphone, but it'll start encouraging you and helping you in what Marcus has been talking about, a journey with Christ. So we want you to do that. Text your yes through to that. And, uh, you know, we get these at all hours of the day and night, literally all week long, because some people get uh, onto YouTube and they're a part of this a bit later. And so we get the yes sometimes. I think last week we got one at 3 a.m. on a Thursday or something or other. And I love those, uh, no matter when they come. Please text your yes. Start your journey with Christ. It's not Metro Church. We're a part of that. We're like standing on the sidelines, cheering you on as you follow Christ. So thank you for doing that. We would love to celebrate with you, that's for sure. Marcus, it's been a joy to have you here with us again. I'm looking forward to next Sunday, and we're going to get a sneak preview of the book. So when the book comes out, we go, I already saw the movie. (laughs) 
Okay. Let's thank, thank Marcus Adrian, shall we? certainly stacked full of wisdom, isn't he? And what an inspiration that is. You know, when we arranged all this with Marcus, we had no idea what the uh, circumstances or the environment of Australia and the world and the economy would look like. We'd simply, I'd heard the story, it worked out date-wise for him to be able to come and be a part of that. He flies from here back to Brisbane, uh, but then from there goes on to New Zealand to his new home. And, uh, you know, I'm pretty sure there'll be a lot of people saying, you know that room you talked about? Ah, no, it's our joy. You know, but uh, something that we always do in this church, and we've done it for every guest we've ever had, is that we give you an opportunity to be a blessing to them. It's one thing to applaud. It's one thing to say, well, that's amazing. Thank you, God, for that. But I believe in partnering with them. Marcus has been given this house for the rest of his days. But you know, that won't take care of all the things that he wants to be able to do. And can I be honest with you? You know, if someone had given you $50 million cash, I'd still do this. Because I don't believe in giving to people just because they've got need. I believe in giving to people because I'm able to, because I can. Because I believe what you said earlier, that the greatest joy you have is being able to pass something on to someone else. Now, I know that you can do it on the, on the app, and if I go there quickly, I might even just see if, yeah, there it is. So you go to give and it comes up with, this might take me a bit longer while I'm trying to talk to you. Give one time, yes, thank you. There's the amount, put that in. Excellent, great, done. What kind of offering is it? Love offering. Go down there, next. Comes up with it all, there you go. And there it's got my details and I just go ping and there you go, Marcus. Rhonda and I just gave them a love offering that quick. That's how easy that is. And uh, that's our joy to do that. I know that the website uses PayPal as well. You can do that. Uh, you can also go out to the Connect Hub and you can say love offering. No pressure on anybody at all. Not that there ever is. But uh, we just want to be a blessing to you. Thank you again so much for coming and, uh, and for being a part of our service here at Metro. We're going to just worship the Lord one more time. Don't forget the prayer space. Uh, we've started that just the last couple of weeks because we know lots of you are going out that away. We want to make it easier for you rather than fighting all the hordes. So you can just go as you leave the auditorium on the lower level here on your right-hand side. The prayer space, Sebastian and Rashida will be there to pray with you. It's a great comfy armchair there for you to be able to receive prayer again. Pastor Ray will be online for those of you online. Metro Life tonight, Bruce will be out there. Go and sign up for the great pizza dinner. And I happen to hear, by the way, it's not the cheap pizzas either. I was pretty impressed with uh, when I heard where you were getting them from. I'm going, they're pretty good. So if the one I go to, maybe if the food, you know, I might sneak in later. No, I'm sure it'd be great. Can we stand together? Heavenly Father, we thank you for your goodness. I pray, God, for everyone who's sowing into the ministry of someone else. I might never, ever get to where He's going to be. I might never speak to the people He's going to speak to. I might never have the opportunity to do the things that you've asked Him to do. But God, I can be a partner with Him in doing them. So bless every giver. I pray every person. I pray you'll open doors. God, we, we love and celebrate what you've done for Marcus. But God, we know that our journey also has got blessing along the way for us. 
I thank you for what you will do. The miracles will see large and small. We thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen.